Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raider Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Hondo Carpenter, the editor and publisher, joined by my dear friend, my buddy, the one and only, the great one. Man, you know this guy. He's the editor and publisher of thespun.com, one of the best websites for sports on the internet. He also happens to be a dear friend, a longtime friend. Man, Matt, we go back a long ways. Been to my home. I just love the guy. My son loves him. The great Matt Holatic. Matt, how you doing, friend? I'm doing well. Always a pleasure to be on. We're, we're coming up on almost almost a decade, I think. Yeah, a friendship. Tell you what, I, I got the better end of it. You're a great friend. I um, appreciate it, man. I want to go over with you in my latest mock draft. I do a three-rounder. Now, here's the hard part of our job. We hear from other people what's being talked about, what's being discussed around the league. And so people will get mad at my picks. And it never makes sense to me. I'm not the one making the pick. I'm just reporting what I'm hearing. It's not what I would do. So, for example, in my latest mock draft, we had the New England Patriots trading up to seven and giving the Raiders multiple picks, including their number 14 and their second rounder and some others in a future draft. Now, you and I both know the Patriots don't normally trade up ever. Doesn't happen. So I'm hearing from NFL people, hey, there's a you know, there's a chance there's somebody Belichick really likes. Now, usually when he does that, it's on the defensive side. We don't know that. And um then I hear some Raider fans, people yelling at me, Patriots don't do it. Okay, I'm just hearing from what people in the league say. Then I know that there are considered four quarterbacks at the top. I believe the guy that the Raiders really like is going to go before their seventh pick. And I don't, in fact, I believe all four are going to be gone before the seventh pick. And I also believe that that they would not move closer than number five because of the cost. So because of that, I think the guy they want will be gone before five. So I see them trading back. And this is where I head. So at the 14th pick overall in the first round, a guy who's been on this podcast, a guy I'm very familiar with because of my relationship with Pat Narduzzi, the Pittsburgh Panther coach. But I have him taking a guy that many people thought on their defensive tackle boards. The best one was Jalen Carter. Matter of fact, many people thought he was the best player in the draft. And then Kalijah Kansi of Pittsburgh. But we know about Jalen's off-field issues. Then his Pro Bowl was an utter disaster. He's plummeting. I'm hearing he's going to still go first round, but he's plummeting. I think the Raiders take Kalijah Kansi at 14. What would you think of that pick on a defense that needs tackles bad? Well, like we said, when we broke down the possibility of Jalen Carter uh, last week, they need defense. <clears throat> they need an influx of defensive talent, uh, particularly up front at the defensive tackle spot. So that really fills a need. And, I'm always a big proponent of if there's a guy that you think you can get a few spots back and you can make a deal to move back and still get him, make that deal. Because I think picking up more assets, whether it's in that current draft or in future years or both, always makes sense for any team, and especially a team like the Raiders that needs to retool its roster a little bit. Uh, not a full-blown rebuild, but they definitely have some holes that they need to address. So I think that a trade back would make a lot of sense for them. Uh, you know, if there's not one guy that they are dead set on picking at number seven, and then when you com- 
kind of compound that trade back with the fact he'd be getting a player that they really like uh, at 14 and would really fill a need. I think that on paper is a, is a first round that would make a lot of sense for the Raiders. Then I have him in the second round going for an offensive tackle. Uh, they get Dewan out of Ohio State. A lot of people know about Paris Johnson. He's a prototypical right tackle. He's mammoth. He's huge. I have them taking him. What are your thoughts on, on Gren getting Dewan from Ohio State at the number and in the second round? Well, obviously the Raiders have the luxury of being set at left tackle with Colton Miller, um, but they need to. There's some depth and some other issues they have to clear up on the other parts of the O line. So if you're getting a guy right tackle who has the size. Uh, that Dewan Jones has, has the experience that he has playing in the Big Ten and playing in a ton of big college football games. Uh, I think it's a, you know, a home run type pick. Big Ten linemen, usually pretty trustworthy. Uh, Ohio State has churned out a number of them recently. So, you know, if you're, if for me, I think that would make a lot of sense to them. And again, you can't really go wrong going on the offensive and defensive lines, building through the trenches, the first two rounds of the draft. And the Raiders, even after trading Darren Waller, they still have a lot available at the skill positions, uh, but they need to help solidify that offensive line. Dewan Jones would do that. Okay. And then when you go to their second pick of the uh, second round, which would be from New England, I had them taking Tanner McKee, the quarterback out of Stanford. In almost all my other previous, I had them taking Hendon Hooker. I think there's going to be a little bit of a run on, on Hooker. I don't think he's in the top four, but I think he goes probably a little bit higher than where the Raiders think his value is. And they go get a really a Mac Jones-type player, a Jimmy Garoppolo-type player. Not Tom Brady's skill set, but I've had a lot of people tell me they remind him, this guy reminds them of Tom Brady coming out of Michigan, and that's Tanner McKee of Stanford. What do you think of McKee? Well, you mentioned Hendon Hooker, and it's we're starting to see uh, some more mock drafts from reputable big-name people come out projecting him to go late first round. So unless the Raiders were willing to trade all the way back late first and get him, he might not make sense for them from a draft value perspective, even if, like you said, they, they do seem to really like the player. If you're not – if you're not going to come out of this draft with one of the top four quarterbacks, I think that Hendon Hooker to me is number five, definitely. And I think you're looking at Tanner McKee. You're looking at Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA. You're looking at a couple of others that are out there. The Raiders are angling to take a young quarterback. You've said it on here for a while now by signing Jimmy Garoppolo to a three-year deal. You're saying, Hey, we have a guy who can keep us competitive, can keep us in the mix while we develop a younger player and we don't need to rush that young guy in. If they're not going to get one of the big four, then a guy like McKee would make sense. You know, he's played, uh, played in a West coast. Uh, they should be pretty familiar with, with him by now from, from th that part and from the draft process in and of itself. I got to see him play uh, and win a game at Notre Dame last year where they were the least, not the most talented team on the field, but he was able to kind of command that offense, did a great job. I think he fits a lot of what you're looking at. And I think, like you said, his ceiling is kind of in that Mac Jones, younger Garoppolo type of uh, of thing where he would make sense for the Raiders. Then with the 70th overall pick in the third round, 
I've got him taking Cody Mock, the offensive lineman from North Dakota State University. This kid is versatile, agile, hostile, mobile. I've had multiple guys tell me they think he's a first-round talent. But I had an NFL executive say something I thought was fascinating. He said, a lot of times in the NFL, we, we put these guys under such a microscope once the Super Bowl's over and before the draft that sometimes we talk ourselves out of good players. And Mock is a guy that has every tool. I think he would be a starter day one. He kind of plays like the um, Raiders defensive end, Max Crosby, and that the way he practices. He's mean, but he's a great guy off the field. But a lot of people think they may be dropping in because of the level of competition North Dakota State plays. And, and again, Raiders nab him 70th pick, and I think he starts day one, probably on the interior next to Dewan James from Ohio State as a guard. But I think this is a great pick at 70. Cody Mock, your thoughts? Again, this is you what know, we talked about. You can't really go wrong throwing – premium assets well they can go wrong you could throw them at the wrong guys but the, the idea of spending premium assets top 70 picks on offensive linemen is almost always a good one in theory um you get a guy who has that kind of nasty road grader mindset i think he'd immediately be an asset to their run game with josh jacobs um so cody mock to me would make a lot of sense for the raiders uh, in that area. And now you have two potential long-term starters that you've gotten in this draft uh, to to go along with Colton Miller and some of the other pieces they have up front. And again, like we said, offensively, their issues, not, not that you wouldn't take a receiver or take a, it's a deep tight end class. So maybe you replace Darren Waller at some point with a tight end, but their issues are not necessarily at the skill positions on offense. Yes, we expect them to take another quarterback at some point, but they need to beef up that O-line, and this would certainly do that. Next in the third round, the 100th pick, it's the pick they got for Darren Waller. I predicted them taking Caillou Blue um, Kelly, the cornerback out of Stanford. He's from Bishop Gorman High School here in Las Vegas, but he's a, a corner. You know, they they obviously have spent some money at corner, so they're not necessarily needing to uh, rush a guy in to start. They've got Nate Hobbs. They just signed a free agent. I cannot believe I forgot the free agent's name. I, right off the tip of my tongue. Well, I don't have it. But anyways, uh, but they've got some guys that can play. So this guy would come in, I think, be a, storny, a starting nickel. What do you think of Caillou Blue uh, coming in from uh, Stanford? In the NFL, with such a premium on passing, especially in the AFC West, where they're going to get Mahomes twice, they're going to get Herbert twice, and you're going to get Russell Wilson, who will, can't really be any worse than he was last year, he, and so you're going to get him twice. That's six games against those quarterbacks. Uh, and in general, the NFL is a passing league. You can never have enough corners. You always sort of need to have not just your starter, starting perimeter guys and a starting nickel uh, in the slot, you have to be able to have quality depth either through veterans or guys you're grooming to come up and play. And you constantly have to be churning through and developing corners because you could go from a situation where cornerback looks like an asset for your team and a strong point to where it's a weak point if you have one or two injuries because then you got to shuffle guys around. 
uh, guys are filling bigger roles than they're used to. So the more depth of corner you have, uh, the more sense it makes. I think that's a good spot to nab him. Um, I was impressed with him when I watched him this year. I think he would fit in well with what they're trying to build. Uh, and they have to get better defensively all over all over that side of the ball. So I think that's a, a sensible pick at, at 100. Okay, I want to go back because obviously they haven't signed a cornerback, but they did sign a safety in Marcus Epps. They have Deron Harmon. Um, I I think they're going to be signing a corner um, of value. So again, if you if you're able to sign that guy or re-sign a Rakia Sin, which at the time of this taping, Rock hasn't um, signed with anybody, then you're allowed to bring on to bring Kelly in to be that starting nickel and see where things go from there. All right. Let's talk about free agency as a whole. Has there been any signings that surprised you? Not just with the Raiders, but with anybody. Um, I'll I, I tell you what has surprised me. I, I can't say I'm the only person to mention this because I saw a bunch of people throughout the league talking about it. I've been surprised at sort of the, the sensibility of a lot of these contracts. Usually every year there's a couple of teams that – overpay for guys or you see a couple of deals that are just outrageous at least on paper i haven't seen it i think teams have been pretty you know prudent with how they've gone about their business we've seen some high profile guys get taken but you know there isn't anything that, that really catches your eye in terms of wow that's that's a lot for him or i can't believe they're signing they believe in that guy he, he's just not very good i think that the market seems to be really just calm and settled this year in terms of the value for a lot of these signings makes sense to me. That's been more noteworthy, um, you know, than than one or two signings in particular because uh, most of them I, I, that I've seen have sort have sort of been at least at, at least a position that you've linked to that team. So for you, what have the Raiders done? Is any have they done anything to surprise you yet? Well, the Darren Waller trade did surprise me um, from both perspectives. I kind of anticipated the Giants trading for a pass catcher this offseason, but I thought it was going to be a receiver. I didn't – Darren Waller was not a guy that I thought was on my – had on my radar for the Giants acquiring. Um, but I think that that trade made sense for both sides. I think that if, you know, if Darren Waller is going to be 31, still an incredible weapon – but if the Raiders are unsure a little bit about him and he's had some injury issues, getting a top 100 pick, even if it is literally number 100, getting a third-round pick for him is a fine return. And if you're the Giants and you're trying to build your offense and you just signed your quarterback to a four-year deal, you you want to surround him with weapons. And Darren Waller, as long as he's on the field, is one of the ultimate weapons in the NFL. He's, I mean, as a pass catcher from 2019-2020 at the tight end position, he was every bit as good as guys like Kelsey and, and you know, George Kittle, Mark Andrews. He was in that tier. So uh, I think that trade made sense for both sides, but it definitely caught me off guard. Um, in terms of free agent signings, uh, the Marcus Epps deal made sense. Like we, you said, they had to get better at that, that safety position. They had to, they had to get better um, in the backfield, uh, defensive backfield. I thought the Jacoby Myers deal was really nice. I thought you get a guy who's very familiar with Josh McDaniels and that offense. Dave Ziegler obviously knows him well. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo should be a nice target for him, and they got him at a fair price. 
Um, so I wasn't really surprised by anything the Raiders have done so far, other than the in free agency. The Waller trade did catch me a little off guard. So I want to finish going back to that signing I talked about was Brandon Faison. So you got Faison and Hobbs. Then you have a Kelly who comes in and plays, a, a, you know, a, a, a corner. And I still think there's a chance they could pick up, a, like I said, another another significant corner in free agency. The point is, I don't think with the resigning of Epps, they already have Deron Harmon, who I think will be fine and, and be there. You're starting to see a semblance of a secondary that, that looks pretty good. They've got to sure address linebacker in the draft, don't they? They definitely do. Um, and I was, I mean, are you, I was wondering on Hudson's, uh, your show, but I have a question. Are you a little surprised that they didn't address it uh, in free agency yet? Well, you know, they got Robert Spillane. Yes, they did. Oh, Ooh. yes, that's true. I mean, think about that guy. They stole him. He played all of the defensive snaps and special team snaps for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh intended to re-sign him, but the market was so high for him, they don't have enough flexibility room in their salary cap. They were disappointed he left. But, man, they need another outside backer right away. This is a big place of concern, isn't it? It definitely is. You need guys in this league that can not just run and tackle at the outside spots, but really guys that can cover a little bit. And, again, like we alluded to with the, the secondary, you're in a league, you're in a division where the passing games are second to none almost. The quarterbacks are tremendous from top to bottom. So you're going to get – good offensive football again coming against you six times a year. You're going to get explosive tight ends. You're going to get running backs out of the backfield, all different types of weapons. You you need linebackers that can handle those type of things. And I think that's what you'll see the Raiders target at some point uh, in the draft next month. Totally agree. He's the one and only the great editor and publisher of the spun.com. My man, my buddy, the guy, Matt Halatic, joining us each week here on the Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. Thanks, Matt. Oh, you didn't hear me. Thanks, Matt. Anytime.